Hey there, welcome to our AP Legal Zone podcast brought to you by AP Lawyers. We are your top fix for all weekly law updates, including family, immigration, wills, and estates law. Just a friendly reminder we are not your lawyers, and everything contained in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and not to be construed as legal advice. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay connected with any updates and get notified about our new episodes. Hello, I'm Angela Princewell. And I'm Shireen Abbey. And our topic today is settlement conferences. Shireen, what can you tell us about settlement conferences? Well, a settlement conference would come after you've had a case conference or multiple case conferences, depending on the procedure that you're in or the court's recommendation at the time. But there's several, or I would say several purposes of a settlement conference. The most ideal purpose is to really get you guys closer to a final resolution, if not a final resolution. So um, the first really um, situation is to explore and narrow down the issue. So if there's an outstanding issue that you have to resolve, the court would help help either give you directions or guidance in really resolving those issues. For example, if there's outstanding disclosure, that needs to be made or an issue that needs to be hammered down a little further with expert evidence and things like that, you guys would explore that. Yeah, and and usually at settlement conferences, the judge would give you their opinions as to the outcomes or the, the what they think would, could be the likely outcome of your case because, you know, if the, if the matter doesn't settle at that stage, then obviously you're looking at I'm a trial management conference, which is really, for the most part, um, you're heading to trial. You're one step closer to trial. It's just the simplest way that I can say that. Um, so if you've already, as Shireen said, for you to be at the settlement conference stage, you already did the, the case conference. We do have a podcast um, on case conferences. So if if you haven't had a case conference yet, you want to start there, you would never just jump to a settlement conference. Chances are you will have to have a case conference. So... At the settlement conference as well, um, there's a conversation is now had about things like expert evidence, right? Um, you know, the judges try to narrow the issues. You know, they've helped you guys explore chances of settling. And if that's not working, they're looking at things like your disclosure obligations. And then obviously they're going to look at what sort of evidence you're going to require if this matter goes to trial. And, and then they, you know, would explore that with you. If there's any um, admissions that would be made that have been made or that can be made to simplify the case they'll they'll talk about that with you and then um yeah i did mention already how the the judge would give you their views on the case um and really just they would just help you sort of with any any ways that can help you settle your case because really it is what it is a settlement conference right at the end of the day um i mean i find that i don't do sort of too much the identifying of witnesses and things like that. I find that we, I don't, in my practice personally, I find that we don't talk about that too much at the settlement conference um, stage. How, what has yeah, been your I experience? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think those issues would rather be explored early on if that's very relevant, um, or maybe at a later stage. Um, I find for me, they mostly happen yeah. at, at a later stage, usually when we're coming to the TMC, but Really, is, if yeah. you're if you're going to be relying on you know expert um, witnesses and things like that, then you want to kind of be prepared. There's advantages to being you know prepared with these things at the TMC stage because you might have a witness that you think you know is going to just make be the 
I don't know, slam dunk, like with that one witness, issues are settled. And if, if you wait until the trial management conference to, to deal with that, and depending on the judge that you have, you may not get as valuable an input as you would get at a settlement conference. So you want to come prepared, let them hear what that witness is going to testify to. And especially if you're self-represented, you may find out that the witness you're calling is really not relevant to any of the issues that are going to trial. So, um, you know, again, how much time would that witness need? How would their testimony be provided? Things like that. You want to maximize. I, I'm a firm believer in maximizing conferences because a lot of family law matters settle and it's just more cost effective if you're better prepared and, and you can really get the judge's input and settle quickly and sooner rather than later. And there's, there's no other ways rather than just making sure that you come prepared and, um, have an opportunity for the judge to give you their their comments on your case. Yeah, and I, I think it's actually important because at a settlement conference, even part of your materials is that you must provide an offer to settle. Good so one. So on your best, you know, you usually it's supposed to be a reasonable offer to settle. Yes. And the judge would provide the recommendations on whether or not they believe that it's a good offer. And I think that's very important because it it's telling on how, you know, if they were the deciding factor in that case, how they would um, kind of view the issues. And I think that's important. Obviously, at a settlement conference, it's not a trial, so they wouldn't hear all of the evidence. But at the same time, it's very, it's very, I think, helpful. Yeah, it is helpful to at least hear their views. And, and that's why, you know, it's clearly recommendations because yeah. they, they recognize that they don't have all of the evidence. But sometimes it's, you know, the cost of proving that you're right is sometimes not worth it. So there's, if you put a reasonable offer forward, then the judge might be able to, you know, use that as a basis to kind of narrow the issues, get the other side to to compromise. And you did touch on something um, earlier, Shirin, that I think is that um, very significant. It is a conference. It's not trial. Just like case conferences, your judge at the settlement conference is not going to make the other side accept your offer. And, you know, everyone does this. You think your offer is better. You're wondering why the other side just wouldn't accept your offer. But just realize that, you know, you're both looking at the same glass from di with different lenses. And if there's room for compromise, come prepared to do that. And just don't think that a, a judge is just going to, um, you know, order the, the, the offer that you've put forward. And even on that note of offers as well, you want to also remember that even though the judge at your conference thinks you have a good offer, um, if there is room for compromise, you really want to strongly consider that because going into trial just on the basis of what that judge thinks, well, they're not going to be your trial judge. And, you know, that's a, also a, there's a risk that another judge may not view your case the same way, especially after they have sort of all of the evidence now laid out fully for them. Um, so should you want to touch on maybe the orders that are that can be made at a case conference? Um, I'll start off with, well, disclosure. Yes, that's, disclosure is the most that's important. Always and, and I think it's interesting to me when we're still talking disclosure at the settlement conference stage, and we do have this conversation, so I don't want to sound high and mighty and on my own high horse there. It does happen. But really, by the settlement conference stage, we should not be dealing with, with disclosure issues. It should be more of a question. It should be a question of how would the law apply to these you know dog this disclosure that we have if we're looking at you know an asset and how it should be treated it shouldn't at the settlement conference stage you don't want to be dealing with do i produce or should he or should i produce this you know disclosure 
it should be provided and then you can you should be talking about how it would be dealt with right the substantive issue not just the the disclosure and if again if you're unsure please remember we have podcasts on this issue go listen for how the courts treat disclosure it you do have an obligation full and frank disclosure it doesn't matter if you think it's irrelevant or whatever just produce it and then it can be excluded it can be deemed irrelevant but you'll save yourself a lot of time and grief if you kind of like move past <laughs> yeah, the disclosure. disclosure is very important i mean i think also judges at that stage don't enjoy having you know a comprehensive disclosure request because it's expected that parties, whether or not they're self-represented, either prepare requests for information prior to, mm-hmm. and at that stage, we're just looking at settlements. Um, I also wanted to just touch on, before we touch on orders, at the settlement conference stage, if there is property, you would be required to also produce in that. That's exactly what standard. I wanted to talk about when we're saying disclosure. I was going to say, the because you, you need to have your net family property statement at that stage, you can't how would you have your how would you have, have a, a net family conference yeah. without without especially if there's property and there's a dispute about property then the, the court's going to want to see a net family property statement and if each party is produced a net family property statement then either a comparison of both of those net family property statements so the judge can really hone in on how far apart you know there you know if there's an issue between someone saying an asset's worth three hundred thousand dollars and seeking a deduction on something whether or not that's appropriate on the legal principle too, right? So the judge would provide their recommendations and it would be very imperative um, to get those recommendations, I I believe. Um, But additional orders that can be made are setting timelines. So of course, for disclosure, for anything else that needs to take place for witnessing, for questioning either party, questioning a witness um, and setting timelines to move the the matter along. Yeah. you know, we had touched on experts um, earlier, so the, the judges could make an order regarding um, expert evidence. Um, they can, they, they would make, I mean, I guess in short, they will make procedural orders. They would make orders that are necessary to move the matter to the next step. They will not make any final orders except it's on consent. And, Unless it's, you know, they could also make an order for cost if someone is unprepared for a conference and they can do that. They have the right to do that at any conference. Mm-hmm. They also have the right to reserve cost for when your matter is disposed of and you're hearing the issue of cost. So that might be relevant if maybe you're not getting proper movement from one party or, you know, they're just coming to court without providing any of their, you know, disclosure and any of their briefs so that, you know, you're not able to have a meaningful conference. That might be something you want to explore. Yep. But it has to be made in advance to the judge and to the other party that that's an order you're seeking. So they'll also, um, you know, make an order needless to say about, you know, your trial um, trial management conference, the, the endorsements that you have to provide or bring in the forms that you need to prepare so that you can have a meaningful trial management conference um and then i mean there's a there's a number of orders but as i I just wanted to summarize them in sort of the procedural orders and orders to move the matters to the next step and as shirin added always there's there's the cost um aspects of it a lot of cases settle at the settlement conference stage so that's great or at least if some matters are settled at that stage then the judge can you know prepare a final or can endorse a final order that's made um, on consent um and then yes and even while they're dead they could order that your witness not be the witness i'm just kidding but no sometimes um you know 
I know we had mentioned the, um, getting expert witnesses and things like that. And at the settlement conference stage, you might have, you know, the, the conference judge actually let you know that you do not need an expert on, on a particular issue. So I know more times um, we do get the experts that we need and things like that, but it is possible that an expert is not required in some cases and you will, yeah. you could get that, that order. But um, just as with most conferences, I think the most important thing for me is I, I like to tell people to try to listen as much as possible, listen to the judge and, you know, don't get caught up again in just trying to convince this judge of your position of course if they don't understand your case and you're trying to get clarification or you want to give them a better understanding of what you're doing absolutely but just go in there listen to what they're saying understand where your case might be lacking you would be surprised um how much you can help your case going forward if you really pay attention to what the settlement conference judge is is telling you and again if something's a non-issue just settle it it's fine it's it might be a little thing but just settle it get that done so that heading into trial to your your issues are narrowed shereen you look like you were going to say I mean, something i i i say this only with the caveat that sometimes we can leverage issues for other issues if it's a non-issue potentially there's some strategic reason <laughs> for holding on to something and i can understand that but ideally like you also want to be prepared that if you're not successful on that issue it would be a problem when the costs are adjudicated and then you know obviously you're going to be looking at costs right yeah i mean hey Think about it very carefully at this point because I mean you still you will still get a chance at this at another conference and we'll do another podcast just to kind of keep the matters like short and sweet and separate. We'll talk about the trial management conferences at that point. Um, I really think that all leverage should be off the table. Just put everything or on the table, just laid bare. But I love, um, as I said, settlement conferences because a lot of matters do get to settle at that stage. And if you don't and it looks like you're close enough, sometimes a judge can bring you back for another settlement conference. But usually the normal course of events would be for you to be proceeding to um, some kind of trial management conference. And so um, I'm not sure if you have anything else to add on this subject. I think that's everything. All right, that's it for today. And thanks for listening. And we'll be back again soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening and joining us in the AP Legal Zone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find more episodes by searching AP Legal Zone on anywhere you watch podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast today so you can stay connected with any updates and get notified about any new episodes. Mm-hmm.